It's spring, and you have so many new choices of products to use. Biologicals, innovations, all promised yield boosters. What's a farmer to do? Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Warmer weather brings thoughts of hooking up the planter and moving out. But these days, farmers may be getting hit with their fair share of new ideas and products to try out. How do you cut through the clutter? We turn to Holly Spangler, editor of Prairie Farmer. She recently covered this topic and offers up some highlights on that story and some insights on how you should engage these new ideas on the farm. Let's check in with Holly. Holly, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Willie. Thanks for having me. So we're talking today about, uh, uh, you just did a story. I I think it's coming up soon. Um, I know I saw it online. Uh, about a, an issue that I think a, a lot of farmers are struggling with is uh, we're getting a lot we're getting hit with a lot of great ideas uh, for our crops for 2021 things to put in the planter in the furrow spray on the crop um, but you kind of explored that a little bit can you share me share with me what your direction was and what you were trying to do there yeah absolutely I mean we you know we farm so we get all those flyers in the mail the postcards you know, for all the different things you can add, the boosters, the additives, the biologicals, the, you know, um, just all sorts of things, right, (laughs) that you could add and, you know, farmers getting, um, you know, those sorts of marketing pitches now and from their salesmen, we could try this, you can try that, or if you really just stack all these things together, that's where you get the most payoff, and, but my gosh, you could spend a lot of money, right, (laughs) pretty quickly, which, I mean, even with five dollar corn and 13 dollar beans you still have to watch you know how you're spending on these inputs so the question becomes okay so there's all this stuff out there how do you decide you know how do you decide what's um what's worth it what's what's the roi how do you choose you know between all this stuff well it is a tough question and who did you talk to? What did you find out? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just started off. I made my list of agronomists that I like to call. <laughs> just started picking through the list and asking them all these questions. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to, you know, they're seeing the same kind of things. One of the guys I talked with, Matt Montgomery, with an agronomist with Pioneer. Uh, Matt and I go way back. Like, he was um, the county extension agent here in the county <laughs> when okay. we first got married. He's been with Burris and now with Pioneer and just a great guy. And I'm like, Matt, I'm pretty sure we did this story before, like in maybe 2009, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and he laughed. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing every time you see, um, you know, grain prices go up, right? Like there are all sorts of things you can invest in, but how do you decide? And um, he had some just really good information, you know, that we put in that story about how to how to examine the research that they're putting forth, you know, because the thing is, there are so many new products now there are, there are way more new products than there are good third-party unbiased data, and and there's just not enough time, right? There's not t- enough time to get three years <laughs> of unbiased data on on every new product. And so he went through some really good stuff, you know, that kind of red flags to watch. So you want to share a couple of those? I mean, we don't want to give it all away. We want them to go to the website, <laughs> but and we'll we'll include a link in this online uh, on when we run the podcast. But I guess that's a question. You know, when you did that story 12 years ago, yeah, there were some products, but 
we've come a long way with the offering. There's such diverse offerings that we're getting now. You know, we've got more biologicals, more chemicals that create biological response in plants. There's more uh, fertilizer additives. Uh, we're doing more seed treatments. I could go on. And right. I think that that's kind of a challenge. So you're sitting there with all these choices. What did, what did, he, what did he recommend as some ways to weed it out? Yeah, I mean, he talked about, you know, there's some obvious red flags to watch for, right? So, like, if if there is a product that they're promising will let you drastically slash your fertilizer rates, you know, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. Or saying that some product is going to release, you know, potash and phosphorus that's bound up in the soil. You know, that's, that's some basic soil chemistry that makes that happen, that's inherent to the soil, it's not going to change. Um, so he's like, that. that's a big red no. Um, if somebody's kind of peddling conspiracy theories, you know, so like yes. if they're trying to base a sale on, you know, the university research and the industry research on this topic is all bought and paid for, there's some vast conspiracy and that's why you should buy their product, like walk away. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. And, and then too, just talked about that idea of, you know, if, if, if they're recommending a stack or a bundle of products, you know, you need to be able to see which research on each of those, right? Not on this whole broad package, because now if that's the case, then you don't know what in that group of products is actually working. Well, that's true. And and I think, too, when you look at new products like that, um, maybe there's something that's going to pay off for you. Mm -hmm. But there's no reason to go all in on anything, right? I mean, I know that sounds like common sense, but we get all excited about $5 corn and then you start seeing I can get an extra 100 bu 100 bucks an acre from this thing because mm -hmm. I might get 20 more bushel. It's kind of hard to not jump in. I would say if that kind of promise is made, I would say to the guy, well, how about you give me 10 acres? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that was really a thing that the agronomist talked about, too. I mean, we talked with Jack Hardwick, who's yeah. an independent agronomist um, just south of where I'm at, down by Beardstown and over into Springfield. You know, and he talked about that idea, like, you know, we all like to try things, you know, and, and there's a lot of stuff that's worth trying out. But, you know, try it on a few acres. Don't put it on everything and and have a real, um, you know, a real solid on farm test. You know, try it across, um, you know, several acres, different soil types, that kind of thing. So you can actually see where it's working. The other thing I'm seeing and I don't, it's not common, but I've seen it on a couple of products, some performance guarantees. Mm -hmm. That if you buy this and put this on, we will guarantee you'll get the rate or you'll or we'll pay for the difference or refund the money. Um, so I think that if you hear that, I would say the first step would be look at the look at the fine print and really talk about it and and make sure you know what the performance guarantee is before you put it on. Even if you're only going to put it on 100 acres of a, 100 diverse acres out of your 3000 acres, right? I mean, if you're going to do something like that, I would assume the best way to go first read the fine print and then pick some tough acres to put this stuff on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and and the performance guarantees are really intriguing on some of those products. Um a lot of our agronomists and get in touch with Eric Wilson, an agronomy manager at Wiffles, you know, talked about like it's a good idea just to look at your basics first, right? Like have a real conversation with yourself, you know, where have you maybe cut back in some of your fertility in the past? Um, and kind of that idea that, um, you know, if your pH is low, putting an extra $10 an acre on a biological is not going to do you any good. Right. <laughs> you know, put that 10 bucks towards, you know, some limestone instead. Well, that's going to be an interesting self 
self-analysis, right? Um, what have I cut back on? And the other thing is we're learning more about timing. When am I putting stuff on? So if I'm going to go to a liquid fertilizer and side dressing or split applications, that's the other side of this, right? I need to look at all my practices before I start deciding to put something new in the tank. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that was kind of one of the things, you know, nobody, nobody wanted to endorse a product, right? right <laughs> we weren't right. asking that necessarily, but I did ask each of them. I said, okay, if we put together a list here, you know, of maybe what's worth experimenting with on some acres, you know, in, in 2021, what, what would you put on that list if your name wasn't attached to it? <laughs> and, and, and a lot of, you know, they said the same kind of things like, um, you know, try try putting on your nitrogen in split applications. Um, you know, try some of those things that will that'll spread it out a little ways. Um, try some sulfur, you know, on, on corn and beans both. Um, you know, fungicide, that was a one that everybody talked about too. You know, just um, not, not just on a few acres, but, you know, they're often seeing a 10 bushel yield advantage now with, with fungicide. And there are some new classes of fungicides out out this year. And then talked about two other products in particular that they were just getting questions from farmers on that they felt like might be useful to look into is that Pivot Bio Proven, and then I believe it's pronounced Zyway, X-Y-W-A-Y, which is an inferral okay. fungicide. Hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of other products out there we've talked about, we've written about. I know I've written about a product called Sound, Sound Agriculture has a product called Source. Mm -hmm. um, Zyway and then Proven Bio and the Proven Bio, Pivot Bio is proven. It's going to toss me up every time I do that product. But yeah, those, they're talking research. They're trying to show research. I know that at least Sound Ag was in the BEX trials. So there's some numbers there. If somebody wants to look those up, their PFR numbers, performance, what are their performance farm trials? So there are places to look for some third party research. But yeah, I think that, you know, we could sit here and talk about common sense all day long, but like I said, you know, $5 corn, you want to get all that in the, out of the, every acre you can. Right, right. And and if you, I mean, we talk about having more dollars to spend on inputs, right, at, at those prices, but there's also a lot more dollars to be reaped, right? If you can add, you know, 5, 10, whatever bushels an acre, that's exponentially more value now. Right. So I go back to some work I did with Fred Bilo at University of Illinois, you know, Fred, mm -hmm. and he's done a lot of high yield trials. His goal was to get to 300 bushels an acre. We know that you can do more than that, but he was trying to do it on a commercial level. And he found the more you put on, the better off you are. That's kind of what he learned. Okay. Mm -hmm. but, but that requires a significant analysis of what you're putting on, the timing, your equipment, the hybrid interaction, whether and he's got weighted pieces to that whole process when he talks about it. I've had him heard him speak a half a dozen times on this very topic. So I think that it gets back to whatever I talk to Fred or I talk to other people like the other agronomists. It's like, slow down. <laughs> Just think it through and realize that there, there is probably valuable investment. And fungicides are probably the one thing with the plant health benefit that you get from certain types of, of fungicides that makes a lot of sense this year. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, because if it's a dry year, you don't get the same disease pressure. You may not get the same bump. So it's complicated. Right. Right. For sure. Well, and that was some of the things Matt Montgomery, you know, he talked about, um, you know, some of those things to look for, you know, and in, in, in looking at some of those products. But he said, you know, something that maybe would help you plant in a more timely fashion. Right. So, um, you know, we're all dealing with weather and trying to make that 
guessing game and when can we get out there and sooner rather than later. But, you know, he talked about if you're planning into some reduced till on ground that stays a little cooler, a little pop-up fertilizer, starter fertilizer might help increase, you know, some of your um, emergence uniformity. Um, and sort of, again, it may not pay off every time, but it could help start it out right. Well, you know, you drive down the road and you see those fields, right? You go by mm-hmm. one field and every year, every stalk of corn looks like it's the same height. It's <laughs> right. it's a it's a wonder to behold. And then you go to the next field and it looks like a roller coaster and you're like, okay, what happened here? <laughs> and so I think that if, if you look back on your fields in the last three years, what did it look like when it was at, you know, right before tassel? What did mm-hmm. it look at looking down the row? How even was it? And if it wasn't even, maybe you need to sit back and look at your, what you were doing at planting time. Absolutely. And we're coming up on it. We're getting teased right now. As, <laughs> as we go into this, This we're doing recording this podcast a couple of days before we post it. Um, but we're looking at warm weather this weekend around the upper Midwest. It's going to tease a lot of people. And we realize it's only going to be March 5th, people. Yes. So don't, don't <laughs> do anything crazy. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's looking like a glorious week here. <laughs> in uh, in central Illinois on the farm, just you know, we have cattle, and so you know, these mornings when it's still frozen, so yes. you can still get out <laughs> and get yes. you know get bales in or whatever it might be, and not worry about the mud quite so bad. But then it gets up to 50 and 55 during the day, and that's all right. So, are you calving right now? We are. We are. We. Um, so, funny story. Normally, we would have started calving pretty heavy this last weekend. Um, and my husband pushed calving back this year because that's typically when our beef expo is, right? And so in the past, we're starting to calve. We're trying to drive to Springfield, and he's running back and forth, and it's kind of crazy. And so he pushed it back to starting about the middle of March. Well, now then they changed beef expo this year <laughs> because of COVID, and so now it's still the weekend that we start in March. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the Murphy's Law of cattle breeding. Is that what you're telling right. me? Because it's like no matter what you do, that beef expo is going to be a calving. Just even the best laid plans. <laughs> yes. That's okay. We, I mean, when we had those sub-zero temperatures, you oh. know, there in in February, we didn't have a single calf. So that was fantastic. And now they're just starting to come like crazy, and we've got some beautiful sunshiny days. So we'll take it. That's good. And those calves will love this. They'll stick yeah. with mama and nurse well and everything will go well. That's fantastic. Well, wish all the best to you during calving. I know that's not a great time. I've seen some <laughs> interesting tweets so yeah. <laughs> of people who are calving, and I'm not going to repeat those, especially on this podcast. But anyway, <laughs> it's good. As always, Holly, it's great to talk to you. Um, as farmers listen to this, again, good luck. It looks like it's going to be a, a hope for a good spring season for everybody and uh, that uh, when you're making decisions on your farm, look at everything you're trying to do and remember what didn't work last year and see if you can get it to work this year. Again, good to talk to you, Holly Spangler. Take care and stay safe. Thanks, Willie. appreciate it. We want higher yields, but we also don't want to break the bank. Thanks to Holly Spangler for offering up some tips and ideas on how best to verify these new ideas and put them to work on the farm. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer and feedstuffs, and the new Farm Progress virtual experience. You still have time to check out the virtual experience and all the field demos and the exhibitor information. Just visit HuskerHarvestDays.com for a direct connection to the virtual event. 
Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening. <music>